Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, joined as always by Brian Broaddus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout and co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central. Uh, We're out here in Oxnard, California. By the time you guys hear this, uh, it will be our final, well, not ours, it'll be Brian's final day in Oxnard. I'll be here through Wednesday uh, but Brian, uh, last padded practice of, of your trip here, you got to see three of them. Uh, I, I want to open up and just have us kick around the, this discussion about what we think about what we've seen from these padded practices. Maybe guys who have shown up a little bit more, uh, with the pads coming on, maybe some guys who have faded a little bit and just overall takeaways from this last week. Um, so anything standing out to you after this, uh, this week of three padded practices? I think the thing that has stood out to me the most is this defensive line has a chance to do something, I think, pretty good. And I think there's, from a rushing aspect, Bobby, from a playing run defense aspect, I've been super impressed with what's going on at defensive tackle. I've been impressed with what's going on at defensive end. I really like the combination of the two uh, the two groups. And I think they're, I've said this before, I think they're the the, the, the best coach or the the well-coached, mm-hmm. most well-coached of the groups, of the positions. Um, I, I It's just to me, I felt like that watching these this line that, that they really took it to these offensive linemen. And I'm not just talking about backup guys. I mean, when you're talking they, – they took it to Zach Martin. They took it to Tyron Smith, you know. And so – I'm not saying that every single battle was won by the tackles or by the ends, but enough to where I was like going, okay, this group has got a chance to to be good. It's one of those things where a good indication of how the coaches are feeling about what's going on, just, just hear who they're, who they're calling out. Like, you know, after play is done and consistently you're hearing there it is Osa. Yeah. Or that's what I'm talking about. Osa. And you just hear, and it's not just from the position coaches. You hear it from, Dan Quinn, right. talk to him, and you hear other players like, oh, that's it, D-Law, that's what we needed. All right, Dorrance, that's it, that's good, D-A. Like, they are all over the place, this defensive line. Um, and, and I think that when we've seen some of these padded practices, the the Tuesday practice, we talked about that earlier this yeah. week, was dominated in the trenches by the defensive line. Right. 
today uh, when we watched the Thursday practice, the third pad of practice. Not nearly as much. It wasn't as a, a dominant performance, but I think still you've got the defensive line winning the trenches just about every day so far in these practices, and that's caused Dak to honestly. I, I think it's given me yeah. some some confidence in seeing Dak moving around and evading this rush, which they're not going to sack him. They're not going to take him down, but it makes me feel better about okay. Dak's getting out there on the move. He's throwing the ball on the move. He's breaking the pocket. And he's he's running in these practices. I, I felt. In the process of not feeling great about how the offensive line has looked at times, I feel really good about seeing Dak moving out there and the skills. No, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, with 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 this defensive line, though. Okay, in the we this is the first time today that we'd seen one on one receivers versus defensive backs. Yep, and really, defensive backs struggled badly today. Yeah, and I wonder if they struggled badly because the pass rush wasn't there. Because then you, when you went to the team aspect of things, it wasn't as easy for Dak. It wasn't as easy for Cooper Rush. It wasn't as easy for Will Greer. It wasn't as easy on the outside. Yeah. So the one-on-one stuff was, I, I mean, and you're going to see videos from camp depending on who you follow. And you're going to see Simi Fajoko run right by Run right Trayvon by Dix. Run yeah. right by Dix, and then you look at the mentions behind it, and you're and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Dix! What happened to Dix? What's wrong with Dix? What's, you know, it's one time." But but Dix wasn't alone today in the one-on-one stuff. He really wasn't. But I wonder if this secondary is playing better because of what we've seen up front, where Dak has had to move, uh, um, Cooper Rush has had to move. Those throws haven't been as clean in the pocket and haven't been as accurate. Dak, deep throws today, Dak didn't miss one yeah. in the one-on-one stuff. Dak in the team periods, though, has missed it. And I think that's big a little bit because of guys on that defensive line have taken him off his platform a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, you and I have talked on here before also that it, like I think you had I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or you just brought it up uh, you know, off air when we were chatting about stuff is that Maybe the reason we haven't seen these one-on-ones, though, is because that's naturally advantageous to a receiver. There's no question. Because you get, you're asking the corner to press with no help behind him, and the receiver's got, you know, 60 yards deep in the entire width of the field to do whatever they want. And so it, it naturally lends to the receiver having an advantage right at the snap. Um, and, and then you have that, NFL officials there yep. that are going to call holding right off the jump. It's, you know, if in fact you get out of position. And then you grab and or you try and you know work your way back into position. For all and for all of the challenges that the defensive backs had today, I don't know if you saw this. I, I don't think we got a chance to talk about it leading up to today, but I'm curious if you saw it. Did you see how bad TJ Vasher wrecked Kelvin Joseph? Yeah. On like three. I mean, Joseph got flagged for holding on two of these reps. It, it, so so he was close enough and, and doing enough, uh, you know, being handsy enough that he got flagged for it, and still Vasher got clearly open by the end of the pass. I mean, completely shook him off at the sideline on one of them. And Vasher's not like a super agile, you know, quick kind of a player. He's, he's a big-body guy who, who makes his name with the contested catches, and he was just dropping Kelvin Joseph. I thought as, as anonymous as Kelvin Joseph had been, and as much as Kelvin Joseph had been in position but struggled to finish plays when, when the pads weren't on, I think the pat when the pat since the pads have come on, I think Calvin Joseph has just been bad a lot of times. Yeah, um, had a chance, and I think you were standing there in the walk off. Dan Quinn spoke with the media, and then we had the opportunity to walk off with him. Mm-hmm. And I asked Dan about 
Kelvin Joseph. I, I said, you know, is what what's the you know what's the struggle here? What's the what's the the issues and stuff? And you know, and I, I kind of feel like that Kelvin Joseph right now has no confidence yeah. playing. I, I really don't. When when Kelvin Joseph is bad, he grabs. And when he's really bad, he grabs even more. And, you know, and I think he just has not had any where where Brown's made plays, Lewis has made plays, Diggs has made plays. We haven't seen Kelvin Joseph and Nishan Wright's made more yeah. plays. And Dan Quinn likes to point out that Nishan Wright and 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 uh, and your guy uh is it's doing you know is doing really really well. I mean, yeah, and, Stewart, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, and he's you know, Kelvin Joseph is doing you know, again, I'm sorry, I just a lot of no, stuff going in my head. We, we have but, 90 names, yeah, but, but half Kelvin, these guys aren't gonna be. But here. we're talking about <laughs> Kelvin Joseph, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. I you know, I feel like Nation Wright has been a better player than Kelvin Joseph. Now 100%. maybe when maybe when the lights come on in Denver next Saturday as we do this game, you know, we got practice against the Broncos next week. But maybe when those lights come on, that Kelvin Joseph will be a better player. Right now, he hasn't been a better player. And, you know, I, I think Dan Quinn has shown I mean, he's like, hey, there's nothing wrong with the guy right now. He's Dan Quinn's been super, super positive about the player. But also Dan Quinn was the one that stuck his neck out for the player as well. Yeah, and I, th- I think that those guys you just talked about, Anthony Brown, the guy with a literal chip tattooed on his shoulder, yeah. Trayvon Diggs, who is for the next, you know, seven, eight years is going to be the leader of that secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Lewis, who is Mr. Plays with an edge, is tough. Is Pound for pound, Jordan Lewis may be the toughest player on this football team to me. Yeah. Um, and, and Jordan Lewis, by the way, we'll reference this a second. I'm getting in a fight with CeeDee Lamb today out of practice. He did call um, CeeDee Lamb out. Yeah, He, he did. Uh, it makes me wonder that is that the difference here that, that we're seeing in, in this competition is that we're talking about a couple of headstrong individuals versus a guy who seems to have trouble, Kelvin Joseph, in you know some of the stuff between the years. Basically. I think I think he's had a really rough offseason, and and that, I think that's a lot of it his own doing. Yeah, a lot of fair. it's his own doing, and you know, and you know, to, for what he all went through, you know, whether you believe him, like him, whatever, you know, the, the Cowboys believed enough of him to draft him in the second round, and they knew the potential pitfalls with the player. Yeah, you know? and. I'm not saying the player – he is a talented individual. You could see that. The problem is he is not playing like a talented individual right now. He's playing like a guy that has zero confidence. He's got zero technique. He doesn't trust anything he's doing. Because even when he seems to be in position, they catch the ball on him. Yeah. Whether it's over the top, whether it's on the out, you know, he seems to drive on the ball. And, you know, he can't knock it down. It's not a very confident football player right now, and they've got to get him going. They really do. They, you know, they the fact that Nishan Wright is is stepped up the way he has. If if you know, right now, if you told me, hey, you got the three starters, and Wright would be my fourth guy. Yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Kelvin Joseph as my fourth guy. It just would not be. No, I I think that's dead on. If we're just talking about from the perspective of who has been the better player, and it's a, a meritocracy, as yeah. the old Jason Garrett line. Um, then it, it should absolutely be Nishan Wright as number four. In fact, I know some people, you know, it, it's it's been a little more subtle, I think, than a guy like Wright. But you're hearing buzz out of there that they really like what they've seen from Deron Bland. 
another See, guy. See, that's who, where, and, I, and my, my thing I haven't seen Bland get burned. I haven't seen Bland. Maybe I'm watching the wrong thing because I haven't just, I haven't seen Bland. It's one of those where, like, these other ones I've noticed. Yeah. And maybe that's bad on my part. You know, and that's why I'm looking forward to these games, the practices, stuff like that. That maybe that 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 he gets to show up because he'll be playing a lot in these preseason games in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some other guys who stood out, I think, when the Pats came on, a guy who missed today due to COVID. We talked about it a little bit when the Pats come on. I think uh, Rico Dowdle's speed yeah. just looks different. He looks like a different football player. Uh, CD Lamb has really stepped up uh, since the Pats came on. Um, Oso Digizua, another one, and, and the guy that. We'll talk about competitions here in a second. I don't understand how left guard is still a competition we're talking about because since the pads have come on. One of the great mysteries of you, this camp. Yeah, As powerful as I think we thought Tyler Smith was and as much as it flashed in some of these practices, it's just overpowering in these practices now that the pads are on. He is moving anybody and everybody. 360-pound Quentin Bohanna is getting blown off the ball. That is a powerful football player. And to me, that's just the easy starter at left guard. Uh, but that's a, a guy that I think has just gotten better since the Pats come on as Tyler Smith. Yeah, that was always going to be – his game was always going to be about power, leverage, uh, ability to drive. Uh, yeah, I, I think with, with Tyler Smith. But like we've talked about, it's one of the great mysteries that, you know, that, that Connor McGovern continues to get those first snaps with, the, uh, with that first group. And so we'll see. It, it might when we get to again with these first preseason game, it might be Tyler Smith's getting the start, and here we go. You know, with with no Dak with no Dak Prescott playing in the first, and he probably not going to play in any of these preseason games. All his work is going to be in these practices. Uh, you know, maybe it's not so much important to have uh, you know um, Connor McGovern or or Smith in front of him just because from a protection protection aspect you know it's going to be cooper rush and others you uh you you mentioned fahoko briefly there the other day talking or earlier on the show to burst today man i think that in the, these last couple practices with the pads on he's yeah. looked better well what's happened is his speed whether when you watch his speed when it's just t-shirts and shorts probably not impressive but then when everybody else who can run puts on pads and they slow down he seems to have that extra that extra gear. Yeah. And I think that really surprised Diggs on the top of that route where he, you know, and, and he, he could probably he find it gear. on yeah. yeah, you could if you're a Cowboy fan, you probably follow a lot of these folks on Twitter. You know, the David Hillmans, the John Mashotas, the Michael Gelkins, those guys that post all these videos. You could see Simi Fahoko with a different gear to get away from to get away from Diggs to go get that football. Yeah, and I think that the Cowboys have felt like, okay, this guy definitely has all the traits. We just want to see it become consistent. Right. And I think that that's been a big thing for Simi Fajoko in his favor was we saw him at minicamp. He had a great practice there at the end of minicamp. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, let's see if he carries it into training camp. And then he did. He carried it in with the shorts and everything right. else. Now that they're in pads, I feel like that's showing it more. His size, his strength, his ability to bully a guy like Kelvin Joseph or – or even a guy like Trayvon Diggs at times, or uh, Jordan Lewis, he is able to make an impact. Whether he's you know gotten gotten free and gotten some separation, or just even those contested catches, strong hands, big body. I think all of that's been been really positive. You're listening to the Love of the Star. The Love of the Star, of course, is an Odyssey podcast. Uh, you can listen to it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Brian. uh, So I know we promised this in the last episode uh, and and a a sort of expansion from some of our our takeaways from the first week and a half of practice. Uh, I want to talk about where we think some of these starting competitions are heading because we did an episode about that where we're just discussing – you know, where the starting position battles were on the football field. I think we knew, obviously, we've already referenced this one a little bit, so we'll dive into this one first. Left guard was the spot where where we really had to find out who was going to win this job. And if you're just talking about who has looked better on the football field, shouldn't this competition be over at this point? This should be Tyler Smith's job. It should be, but uh, they're going to they're going to find a way to keep uh, Connor McGovern engaged they used him again at the fullback role. We saw Farniak get some work at the fullback role as well today. Yes. They're down. Ryan, the, Ryan, yeah, Ryan, all their fullback, all their fullback is down. Yep. So they're having some problems there with they're trying to run their offensive packages. So, yeah, it's uh, it's clear to me, uh, it's clear to guys and gals that are watching practice that Tyler Smith is a better player right now than Conor, uh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGovern. Conor McGovern. Why did I say Conor McGovern? USC. I know I was going to say that. Yeah, but Conor McGovern. So I, I don't quite understand uh, that. But there's been other things on this team that will go through that I don't understand as well either. And so as a guy who worked in a front office, you know, it, it that that part of it's a, a little gray to me right now. I, I, I realize I'm asking you essentially to speculate, but, but when you look at – just having been around football teams and, and you've seen the way certain coaching staffs like to delegate and make these sorts of decisions. Would you say the fact that Connor McGovern is getting these first team reps, maybe it's a collaborative decision, but would you say the driving force behind a decision like that would typically be the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the offensive line coach? I think this is probably what's okay. What's surprising. And I'm going to try and answer your question yeah. as quickly as I can. There. You talk to people within the personnel department, and they would tell you that going in, Connor, Connor McGovern was not a big – Joe Fibble was not a fan of Connor McGovern. Uh-huh. He wasn't a fan of him at all. And the scouts had some fight. There was some fight, some friction between all that. And then he got to play, and then he's removed. And then all of a sudden, as a scout, you're going to like, well, we tried. Yeah. We tried there. We we missed on that one. You know, he, again, he had a second-round grade, high second-round grade when they drafted him. So there's a lot of guys that liked him. But Joe Philbin didn't select this guy. This not Joe Philbin's guy. Yeah. So with that being said, and I know people I, – I hate, people hate when I do that, but I'm going to say <laughs> that the – it's one of the great mysteries. I, I keep using that term but because I wonder what happened – in the offseason that made Joe Philbin switch to 
okay, Conor McGovern, we need to play him. We need to play him more. I mean, I'm I'm on. Um, I'm does, on. does that potentially speak to maybe then it is Kellen who's driving that? I don't. I don't because think, Kellen was here. For I think Conor Dan. I think all right. This is what I think. Yeah. I think Dan Quinn. When Dan Quinn wants a player or wants somebody to play, Dan Quinn just does it. Dan Quinn went out yeah. and got Anthony Barr. Yep. He went out and got Anthony Barr. It, you know, and and they didn't need they didn't need him. They yeah. went out and got he went out and got Anthony Barr. George Edward went out and got. Kellen Moore to me is not the type of guy that's going to beat the table for a player. Yeah, he's just not. He's not going to offend the scouting department and call them names and and all that. So this to me is very much a Joe Philbin uh, move. And I and I don't know what all of a sudden maybe Joe Philbin's like. Man, eh, the scouts might be right. Philbin, with the help of Jeff Blasco, yeah. well, one, Jeff Blasco, their assistant offensive line coach, is one of the most involved second assistant yeah. coaches at a yeah. position in the NFL. He is right up front. Yeah. He is one of the loudest coaches on the football field. You hear him throughout the practice. He's spent a lot of time with Tyler Smith. So one of my theories here is that Tyler Smith, I, I think I, I've told you this before. I, mm-hmm. I think it was before we were on the podcast. Tyler Smith is, it was not necessarily thought to be, he's not going to be a super advanced rookie right away. He's going to take some time to, to build up and get to what he is. But I think he was a litmus test for, the coaching staff, like, hey, somebody's getting it out of this kid because he's got the talent. You right. show me if you can do it, or we'll have the next team do it. So I kind of wonder if if the Philbin, who a lot of people, Boy, that's, a, that's a big back, gamble for somebody. It's a first round pick, though. Well, but, but second round area. Well, well and I, I think the Cowboys think it's somebody's getting out of it. We know coach a coaching staff should be able to get it out of them. So if you don't, well, the defensive coaches does. do, right? You and so, so except I, for Kelvin Joseph, right? I, I wonder if if that's just some timidity from Joe Philbin and the offensive line coach stuff like, Hey, look, we were lucky to be here this year. If this kid is going to be a big grade of ours, we need to just bring this along until we're confident and we're not just going to throw him out there. And so I, I kind of wonder if that's what's at play there. Yeah. Um, we talked about the, the coming into this, we talked about wide receiver three being a competition <laughs> and we're talking about James Washington and Jalen Tolbert, that they were going to start the year as starters. And then when Gallup came back, we'd see which one of them were picked as wide receiver three um, J- James Washington obviously hurt now. The Jones fracture out six to ten weeks, probably on the further side of that at ten weeks. Um, and and talk, talking to some people now, they lost him. It sure sounds like that wasn't even going to be as much of a competition. What? It sounded like they were pretty set on Tolbert was going to be yeah. the guy. But now, now you definitely have until Gallup gets back. It's even more wide open as to who's that third receiver. So far, we've seen a lot of Dennis Houston, yeah. the rookie out of Western Illinois. We've seen uh, T.J. Vasher have a great camp. Simi Fajoko, Noah Brown. I guess it's those four, if they don't go out and get somebody, that are in competition for wide receiver three. So so who do you think has looked the best? Who would you give an edge to as if they don't go make an addition, who is starting alongside Tolbert and, and Lamb or, or taking the majority of those snaps in that game? Noah Brown. Yeah. Noah Brown's been the one. I mean, Noah Brown's the one. Noah Brown might be the, Noah Brown might be the, the way he's practiced. You know, if you say Anthony Brown has, I felt like I think Anthony Brown has been the best player in camp. Yeah, Does that sounds crazy. But but Noah Brown, from what he's done, every day he makes a play. Every single day he makes one or two plays that you're going, wow, that's pretty impressive right there by the guy. I, I'll say this: I this the thing with Tolbert. I think that he's had a couple of good days. Was better today than the other. Better today than the other. Yeah. And the other Pratt practice, I didn't think he was good. No. And, but at the wide receiver spot, you know, when you look at Vasher, last night, 
I'm visiting with people and they're telling me like, you guys are making way too big of a deal of this James Washington loss. Yeah. You're making way too big of a deal of it. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You guys brought James Washington in for what reason? Was he the bridge to get to, you know, was it the bridge to get to Gallup, you know? And I'm just kind of getting that vibe that like, well, we'll wait and see. Maybe Gallup is going to be further along here than what's happened. They're, they're not worried as much because they probably feel like that Gallup is not going to go on PUP. That maybe that Gallup misses the first game and we'll see what happens in the second. Yeah, because he, he's – I mean, I think Gallup himself basically ruled himself out for game He one. did, and but that's what I'm saying. I kind of feel like that because people are coming up to me and goes, you guys are making way too big of a deal about James yeah. Washington. Yeah, and I'm going. Well, wait a minute. Now you guys brought him in. Like I said, you brought him in, and I, I just because I couldn't get them to tell me like, okay, well, does that mean that that Michael Gallup is only going to miss the Tampa Bay game? If that's the case, then yeah, I should. I probably made too big of a deal about going out and trying to get another wide receiver. But if you're, you know, the difference between this and what happened when they went receiver by committee. They have a legitimate one receiver yes. in CD Lamb. Yes, they and do. And back then, when they did that, when they traded for Amari Cooper, they didn't have a legitimate one receiver. I think when Gallup returns, and if Tolbert is what I think he can be as a rookie, I think there's an argument to be made that Tolbert, Gallup, and Lamb are better than any receiver they had at the start of that season. Gallup was on that, but he was a rookie, and it was Hearns and Deontay Thompson. It was an awful receiver group. Yeah. Um, and so. It'll be interesting. My question for you, I guess, and again, I'm asking you to speculate. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. Noah Brown. You said Noah I think Brown. Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown is Game gone. one, Noah Brown will be the third receiver. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just because unless, – unless Noah Brown pees down his leg in these preseason he, games and, he, and, and stuff said, like that. I mean, he's had great practices. Noah Brown is one of these guys that always shows up in practice. And then when you get in the games, it's all of a sudden, oh, well, here comes Cedric Wilson. And the scouts told me they're like, brought us – Watch this Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, and, and and then on my show on the on on the G Bag Nation on, on 105.3 The Fan, I was saying, "Hey, Cedric Wilson, Cedric Wilson," and and everybody on the show was like, "Get out of here, Cedric! Get out of here! No, Cedric Wilson! Get out of here!" Yeah. So maybe Noah Brown will be this guy. We'll see. Yeah, and and I guess the the follow up question there, and again, it's it's speculative, I know, but what what would you think the the reasoning would be behind? Because Noah Brown has clearly been the better one. Yeah. He's been with Dak for six years now. Yeah. Um, and, and he, he's the veteran he's, he's, you know, been the best of the receivers practicing. I think you're right. I think he's likely to be the third one. What do you think the thinking is them behind like Houston, Dennis Houston, getting all these first team reps? Is that just a, well, we know it's going to be no Brown, So let's see what we have in this kid. Yeah, what is that? I think it, I think they're looking at Houston as a possible, I remember a player and you might remember the player too, Lance Lenore. Yep. And they gave Lance Lenore every single shot. And they even let him return punts in a game against the Rams. It was Dak's first uh, preseason game in 2016. Lance Lenore, oddly enough, also went to Western Illinois yeah. like Dennis Houston. So, so, yeah, they gave Lance Lenore every opportunity, every opportunity. And then he peed down his leg, and then he was on practice squads and stuff like that. They're giving this they're, – they're putting a lot on, on Houston's plate. I'm not seeing what I'm seeing with – the others, no. you know, I'm not seeing. I'm seeing Vasher make plays. I'm seeing Noah Brown Fahoko. make plays. Fahoko. Brandon Smith has made more plays. Brandon Smith making plays, but they, but they, they tell us that you earn these reps with Dak. You earn them, and I, I, man, I think this might be a guy that they had a really good college report about 
probably was on their board as a draftable player, and they're trying to give him every bit of opportunity to either make the team or cut himself. You remember we talked about Tolbert and uh, Turpin were catching punts the other day. Yeah. Today it was Houston and Turpin. So See, Houston trying, first team and he's try, getting the punts back. They're, well, they're trying. They're trying to find a spot for him. I, I think that's what. Boy, doing. and again, Tolbert uh, when since the pads maybe have come he'll on, show these games. Tolbert, I thought he was a little anonymous since the pads have come yeah. on. Um, but just as a, a quick sidebar, since I mentioned the punt thing, I thought it was really interesting today. The special teams coaches were reaming Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Uh, Tolbert was running down the field. He was supposed to be. It was a drill where he was supposed to be blocking for Cavante Turpin, and the the special teams coach was just screaming at him well, for losing the point of attack and said, "You're going to get Turp killed like that." Well, see, that's another thing, too. You talk about special teams, Coach, and this is Bones Fossil. Once we had the field goal period where, uh, you know, where the, the, the two kickers went at it and there were some misses, there were some makes and all. So they go down the other end of the field and they start kicking more field goals. Bones Fossil doesn't go to be referee man and hang out and watch practice. Bones Fossil was at the other end of the field because I guarantee you, I said this on my radio show again today, I said, there's going to be a meeting where Bones Fossil is going to have to answer to Jerry and Steven and Will about what's going on with these kickers. Yeah. And it used to be like, okay, kickers, go handle go handle your business. Bones Fossil, after the period, went down with the kickers. I watched uh, Garibay miss a field goal was left. He turned around. Bones is walking up to him, talking to him about something. But you get the special teams coach that's now down there paying attention because, trust me, I've been in those personnel meetings with Jerry Jones. He's going to ask whoever's responsible for the position what they need to do. Yeah, and not just uh, Bones. You know, we talked about this earlier today on 105 for the Fan. Mike McCarthy is standing over every yeah. single one of these kicking yeah. sessions just focusing on that. And that's not how he typically watches practice. I know that took us off the path. No, no, no. no just, it you start talking about coaches getting involved in practice and doing it, it did not take us off the path because that's the next uh, uh, competition we can talk about here. Uh, Brian, uh, we got Liram Hyralahu and Jonathan Garibay. Uh, Garibay rough again today, yeah. four for eight. He has been about a 50% kicker since he's been here. Hyralahu more accurate, struggled on Tuesday, I believe it was. Yeah. More accurate, but just doesn't – I don't know that his range is even up to 50, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, right now I'd say it leans Hyralahu, but do you think the kicker's on the roster right now? I don't think so. I Ugh. said Hyralahu earlier, you know, when we had one of our first show, who was yeah. going to be the kicker. And I honestly, if they go with one or the other of these two, I think there's going to be a lot of nervousness going into that first game against Tampa. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. I personally don't think the kicker's on this roster. And again, I, I asked the question of the when we did our mailbag segment about, the, and I can't remember the gentleman's name who asked the question, but I thought it was an excellent question about would you rather have Jake Ferguson now? Yeah. Or have Cade York. Cade York. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like, ooh, that yeah. had, ooh, excellent questions. Keep the questions coming their way. By yeah, way. absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I was talking to John Machota from The Athletic earlier today. And I was like, man, if you could just give me Garibay's power yeah. with, with Hyra Law, who's actually, you'd have a good cook. You'd have a good, good kicker. kicker yeah. Because the thing is that Hyra Law is pushing everything to the left. It's, yeah. it's a booming leg. It could make things from 60 yards, I feel like, when it's accurate. It's just it's it's not always completely accurate. Not, a, not at all. You're listening to the Love of the Star. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. And now we're going to turn the show over uh, to our loyal listeners. As, as Brian just told you, you guys have asked great questions, uh, that Cade York one being one example of it. Uh, so we're going to head over to the uh, Twitter account and take a look at some of these questions we've gotten. Uh, we, we just talked about Noah Brown. At I Got Soul asks the questions. I Got Soul. It says, hearing Noah Brown has been one of the best receivers in camp so far. In your opinion, does his performance so far say more about how good he is, or does it say more about how bad the rest of the receivers are other than Lamb and Tolbert? Does he look legit? He looks legit. He does. And this is a six-year guy, and I think that he saw what happened to Cedric Wilson last year. Yeah, I really do. Him and, him and Cedric Wilson were kind of like being inter, both being used you know, interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah, and all of a sudden then it became interchangeable, interchangeable, and then all of a sudden it was like Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown, you know, and it was and 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 Noah Brown didn't see the light, and one went and got paid, the other just kind of playing on a veteran minimum contract, you know, and I think that maybe that Noah Brown's to that point where he's like, listen, I've got to, you know, remake my body work on my hands, work on my routes. I mean, he ran some beautiful routes. With Gosh, his footwork is so much better Footwork was so much better. So to me, that it's legit. It ain't, it ain't that everyone else is a bag of you know what. It's legitimately that Noah Brown is playing well. Yeah, and he's, he's a guy that in the past, I'd say he's one of those reliable every year. Oh, he's the training camp star. Yeah. We're hearing about it. But it is different this year. The way he's winning, the things that he's doing, it looks different. Like I said, that footwork, yeah. the foot quickness, he's – that's been my issue with Noah Brown for several years. Like to me, it looks like he's running in molasses at times. He's, yeah. he's not a fast guy. He's not very agile. Um, he's just one of these kind of like, you know, savvy guys who finds the right spot. You know, he'll block, he'll, he'll make a catch every now and then. Uh, but I thought this year he looks legitimately improved. And I, I, we need to pull him aside, honestly, and get a chance to ask him like, Hey, what did you do this off season? Yeah. Who were you working with? What were some of the things you focused on? I, I think that that's been one of the fascinating developments so far at camp. Uh, Coach Hudson, one of our loyal listeners. I like Coach Hudson. He asks, uh, is Tyler Biotish far and away better than the next guy? The next guy, of course, uh, Matt Farniak. He says, haven't heard much about him during camp. Is no news, good news. Okay. He's been okay. Biotish has been okay. Farniak has not I think they've struggled inside. I think they've struggled some inside. Yeah. And and maybe that's just because the defensive tackles have been damn good. Yep. But I think, like, as a group, they've struggled inside. So – 
I'm not willing to say that Farniak is so much better than Biotish or anybody else that's getting reps inside. They've been bad at a couple of spots. I mean, hey, I'm going to be honest. Tyler Smith's had some problems. You know, uh, Connor McGovern's had some problems. Zach Martin had a problem or two. You know, they've had some problems at center. You know, it, it hasn't been really, really, really super, super clean uh, inside because I feel like that those the rotation of defensive tackles have been that much better. Yeah, Farniak, I told this to you earlier today, Farniak's been a disappointment to me. I was really hoping he'd come in here and, and look better as a challenger. Um, we saw him today getting some of those fullback snaps. He was, you know, when Connor McGovern wasn't in there doing fullback or Zeke wasn't in there doing fullback, they were trying it with Farniak, but uh, that's a guy who looked really impressive in the final game against Philly, obviously against backups, but second, third team snaps here at guard and center. Farniak has not no. looked great to no, this look, point. So no. I think that's been a disappointment. I think they would have loved to have found somebody to take Tyler Biotish's job from. Yeah. I just don't think they have anybody. They feel not right good now. Enough. They don't currently have somebody now. Uh, next question from at Logical Cowboys. Uh, judging by camp, are they moving CD around frequently? There, it's interesting. Yeah. We're, we're not going to see everything in their bag. They, nope. they did a lot of that install during OTAs and stuff. And they did it on the days where we weren't going to be able to see. Right. Um, so, so we're not going to see a ton of stuff. I did say, uh, and, and just to dovetail quickly, we did talk about those whip routes, those little pivot yeah. routes. We actually saw them running those as drills today, like yep. running around cones. So that's definitively in the offense this year. I'm really excited to see how that gets used, potentially, especially for a guy like CeeDee Lamb. I feel like that's something that would really take advantage of CeeDee's skill set. But they are moving him around a little they bit. Not, he's, he's mainly Motion been outside. Slot, but, yeah, yeah. Moving, they are trying to get him going, at least it, Put up some matchups if they can. Not not a lot of stuff at the snap. He, he's kind of just motioned and then and moved to a specific spot. But I mean, he's been outside. He's taken some reps inside, and I think that's a big thing to them about how they've cultivated their receiving core. Tolbert, Lamb, Gallup. I think all three of those guys. They believe we can play them at any of the three receiver spots. They're interchangeable. We can you know have them run around. It's not like a slot specific guy. It's not right. like a guy who like well that's an X receiver. We don't really put him inside or anything like that. So I think that that's been an encouraging aspect of camp has been how ready C.D. Lamb has looked yeah. for that number one receiver job. So I think that that's something uh, that you can definitely say is happening. Is that yeah, they, there's they some frustration from C.D. Lamb too early in camp. Him and he, Dak get work yes. really on the right page. When, when when Anthony Brown was disrupting all those passes in the red zone to C.D. Lamb at that one practice, I think he it was to lose it last Friday. They they had a little sidebar and yeah. talked over to the side. And, you know, I think we talked earlier about the chippy practices and some of the frustration. I actually think the Cowboys are, are fine with that. I think they're happy to yeah. see, all right, let's see some, you know, let's see y'all pissed off at practice. Let's sure. see y'all getting into it and chirping at each other a little bit. Yeah. But, yes, CeeDee Lamb, from what they will allow us to see, I think we're seeing the evidence that he's he's going to be moving around a little bit. Uh, next question from Dean Julia says, bigger impact this year, Sam Williams or Dorrance? And mm. Additional question: Best champ at a big leap this year: Osa, Chauncey, Gallimore, Dorrance, or Kelvin? Okay, Osa. So the defense. So the defensive guys they picked last year. Yeah. Plus Gallimore and Dorrance. So okay. Osa, Chauncey, Gallimore, Dorrance, Kelvin. Chauncey Golston had a few really good yeah. reps today. By the yeah, way, yeah, he sure did. And they were playing him at defensive end. I, th- I think. I think. I think what we've seen from training camp is that. Obviously, it's just training camp, but if training camp's any indication, Oso Digizua is going to have an incredible I think so, year. too, if he could stay if, – if the health and he, he gets through that that wall of getting beat up. I mean, he he is always going 100 miles an hour. Uh, I would say he's been the most impressive of the defensive linemen. Yep. 
that I've been able to watch. Now I'm not counting uh, Parsons as a rusher, no. as a defensive lineman. But I, I will say when you talk about the defensive tackles, the three technique, him and Gallimore today, I thought were really, really good. Inside. Yes, this this was the first practice to me where Gallimore stood out. Yeah. Um. In fact, I was when I was looking over that list just now and reading it. Osa, Chauncey, Gallimore, Dorrance, Kelvin. I was like, okay, Kelvin's clearly had the worst. He's had the struggle. Group. He struggled the most. But, but outside of the others, when, when I just moved, removed Kelvin from Dorrance, Osa, Chauncey, Gallimore, I, was yeah. like, I actually think Osa, Chauncey, and Dorrance have been better than Gallimore for the most part during this camp. Yeah. Um, and Chauncey, especially as a guy who's kind of playing a new position, bulked right. up, moved inside. Uh, but well, I think Dan Quinn said the plan all along was not to play him at in like he did at Iowa, was to play him as, a, as an inside technique. That's that they needed Dan, a year in the weight room. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Gallimore's another one who I think he said he put on 17 pounds of muscle this offseason. Yeah. He looks bigger. He does. And he I is. think he's going to be he's doing – He's going to play that one. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Um, would you say right now your your best guess, three technique opening day is is Osa, one yeah. tech is Neville? Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I think that's good. So, and then the other fault there, bigger impact this year, Sam Williams or Dorrance for you? I love Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah. I really do. We interviewed Pete Sam – Tyron we, Smith we, a couple we, times the other day. We, we interviewed Sam Williams today. I, I say this about Sam Williams. I think there's a lot less pressure on him. If they didn't have Dorrance and Fowler and some of these other rushers and maybe even Barr, I think it's taken a lot of pressure off Sam Williams for have to be that guy. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think they can just use him as like, hey, pin your ears back. This is let's a, go. Like, yeah. you, know what, you know what they're doing with him a lot? And, and I've been kind of surprised by it. I didn't expect him to do this. They are putting him in at three inside, tech. Inside, he's playing yeah. three tech. Yeah, he has. And he, he's a guy who I don't think people realize just how – they think of him as kind of Micah-like. Oh, he is boring. built like a tank. He's, he's a big guy. Yeah, it sure is. Okay. Armstrong, uh, though, is my guy. I, I do feel like that Armstrong is going to have a, a big season. That's, that's going to be your pet cat that's my from pet cat. now until the end of time. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Bland, uh, Brandon Linderman. Uh, he says, what undrafted free agents have looked good? Who are the players uh, to watch in pads as we continue to go along? Uh, so the undrafted free agents that have looked good. I think today with the running back, with some of the touches going away since Rico Dowdle wasn't there, uh, Malik Davis, the running back out of Florida, I thought had a good day. Yeah. Um, and that's coming off a of practice where he was really frustrated. You remember Nashawn Wright hit yeah. him late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he got really frustrated, I think, with Tyler Coyle in that practice. Yeah. And he came out today and, and ran tough and, and showed some burst and, and that's not really – that wasn't his game, really, at Florida. It wasn't burst. He, he wasn't, you know, going to be a, a speed guy. But I think he, he looked pretty good in this practice. I will always go back to Isaac Taylor Stewart as a guy that I, I, I like. In my second life, I want to come back as Marquise Bell. <laughs> Marquise – that's the name. Marquise Bell has definitely Marquise flashed. Bell – I didn't realize – I stood next to Marquise Bell. That is a full-grown man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could strike matches on him. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he is that rocked up. And, you know, the other day we were talking about how the safeties are filling in the alley yeah. and killing some of the running game. I see why – because we I'm like, Bell, oh, Bell made a play. And I, and it wasn't until I stood next to him that I realized it. I'm like, holy jeez. Yeah. You know, and I get it. And I'll tell you what, you want a guy – you want to – I don't think he's a long shot to make the team. No, I, I because think I have a feeling he is going to shine in these games, these preseason games. And when he shines, he's going to make the team. But you put a guy like that out there, there's probably some of the off the field stuff that got him. Yes, right. Transferring to Florida A and M. Was he from Maryland initially? Maryland initially. I yeah. So and you know going to Florida A and M. But man, physically, he is as good looking as a kid as you'll 
ever be around. And I think the ability is along with how he looks. And, and you know, it's funny because we, we kept hearing buzz out of the building yeah. about, hey, Marquis. They Bell, were talking Bell. about him. And we I remember we watched him in OTAs and many camps. It's like, sure, like he's okay, but like nothing like really stands up. I'll say since we've been to camp and since the pads have come on, I think he's flashing now. Like now yeah. it's like, okay, there it is. And that's, you know, that's why they're they're in their jobs, these coaches and scouts, is because they, they can see that before the pads. But I, I think since those pads have come on, you're seeing Marquise Bell not just doing stuff in run support and, and filling those lanes like you talk about. He's done some good stuff in, in, in coverage at times when he's been on tight ends or backs or, or some of those other things. That's the role they envision for him. They want yeah. him to be J. Ron Curse, uh, young J. Ron Curse and into the future. Uh, we mentioned Isaac Taylor Stewart already. It, it bears bringing up as, as a name. Again, I don't know how much he stood out, but they clearly seem to love Dennis Houston. And I don't know that I don't know if that's Robert Prince. I don't know if that's Kellen Moore. I think the Lance Lenore comparison is so dead on. Yeah. Um, because Dennis Houston is a guy that they clearly seem to think really, really highly of. I had liked Aaron Hansford. They had to release him in order to assign Anthony Barr. Yeah. Um, a matter of fact, I've had a couple of my gang of seven guys, mm-hmm. a couple of those yeah. teams ask me about him. What happened with him? So that you know, here they are. They're helping me with stuff. Now I'm trying to help them with stuff. So yeah. So so I, I think that when you look at guys who have stood out for me as the undrafted free agents, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the corner. Yeah. He looked good in OTAs. Been get think about him. Uh, some of the chatter here, maybe uh, they just want to see it uh, show up. Man, in some he of the can't be missing practice though. I yeah. Mean, he, that's a struggle right now. These young guys can't miss practice. They that's, got a lot of them missing practice yeah, too, do. with like Ferguson now yeah. missing practice, things like that. Um, but yeah, Malik Davis, I think somebody who's shown up now with Rico Dowdle out. Um, then you mentioned it, Marquise Bell. He's obviously Bell, Bell, one. Bell by far is my guy. Bell, Bell's that guy. I think that, um, when you talk about somebody who was, you know, really didn't get a chance to see the field last year, kind of lost his year. Vasher, obviously, yeah, the guy who hasn't played. He kind he of a rookie guy, yeah, because yeah, he lost his whole year, right? Um, but Vasher is a guy that I think really stands out and again I, I just I feel like that's going to be a Robert Prince special I think he really really is impressed with TJ Basher but thanks again for your questions thanks again for hanging with us of course out here in Oxford I'll still be here uh as we continue on Brian is going back to Dallas I wish it's, I was staying I'm not gonna lie you wish you're saying so you could have that that air temperature as that's low as 66 I yeah I mean Bobby tries to freeze me out every night he does a good job but it's okay yeah, I'm. I will be back in Dallas. Bobby will be here in Oxnard, and we're going to have this thing covered up, buttoned up. Trust me. And when they get back to Dallas, uh, Bobby and I'll be there every day as well, together watching this. So, I'm looking forward to uh, kind of uh, reading about your coverage, hearing <laughs> about your coverage, and uh, seeing all the information we get out of your this. your final takeaway from a week and a half of practices at Oxnard. What's the biggest takeaway you have? The defensive side of the ball is really well coached, and the defensive players respond very well to those coaches. And Dallas has got, I feel like, a richest of some of these defensive linemen. I really do. I like what I see at defensive tackle. I like what I see on the edge defensive end. Some of these preseason games are going to be fun watching these guys rush the pass. I think they're going to get after people this year with these guys. Just a numbers game. I think they very well may end up having to cut four or five guys who end up on NFL I tell you what, you may, we always say that, you know, and then, but I, I don't disagree with you on this. And maybe you take one of those guys and a surplus guy and you move him for a wide receiver or something else. Maybe a kicker. That, that's not a bad play at all. All right, we'll talk to you guys again next week.